I told him right before I came up, make sure I'm bringing me down, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking fine today. Oh, man, come on. Family of faith, y'all looking beautiful. Amen. How awesome it is to be around such beautiful people. How many, how many know there's no better place to be than the church? I mean, you went a lot of places this week, but I can guarantee you, wherever you went, it ain't going to top being here this morning. And nothing is better than being around the family of faith, being around the people of God, being encouraged in your faith, hearing the Lord. I mean, this is awesome, awesome stuff. It's so good to see the family of faith prepared and ready. We are in a wonderful series. So if this is your first time hearing this series, I've got good news. You can always go back. And catch last week's message on our DVR platform on harvestpointchurch.org. You can always visit our Facebook page and you can catch last Sunday's message. And what a beautiful thing it is to be in a church where the Spirit of God is speaking a rhema word, right? Where you're, li listen, you are walking in concert with God in these last hours of humanity. What a beautiful thing it is to say, you know what, I, I'm two-stepping with Jesus, man. Come on, somebody. I am walking with God. Amen. And so we are in a marvelous series called Shaken. And today is the second message entitled For This Cause. So let's do this together. I'm going to ask you to stand. And for some of you that remember last week, we got into a foundational scripture, foundational scripture, which was found in Hebrews. Let, let me get over there. We got that foundational scripture. I'm going to read this to you. This is Hebrews 12. And we're going to read this together. And this just foundational. Then we're going to go to Matthew 19. So go with me real fast to Hebrews 12, and I know I'm kind of giving you, giving you a lot to, to, to digest here in just these moments, but uh, we're in Hebrews 12. I'm going to read this just strictly as a foundational scripture, and then we're going to jump over to Matthew 19, which is the purpose of our congregating today. So if you're in Hebrews 12, we'll begin here at verse 23. I'll read it through the verse uh, ending, verse 29, which, which will end that particular chapter, and it begins like this. To the general assembly, and I still hear rice paper turning. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verse 23, it says this. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, that's speaking of the Lord himself. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall they, shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Oh Lord, here we go. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And that's the purpose of this series, to produce a place that will remain in the shakening. Oh, somebody help me with that. Wherefore, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And of course, y'all are familiar with that verse 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Yeah. 
So go with me to St. Matthew 19. That's just a foundational verse or verses that we're using for our series, Shaken. And so we list those there for you so that you can have a premise for uh, the, the series as it goes through the month of February. Notice St. Matthew 19. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, verses 1 through 6, in the message entitled, For This Cause. And this is a powerful passage of Scripture. And so I pray that you just open up your heart and mind to hear this. What a beautiful passage together. Let's read it. Verse 1, St. Matthew 19. It begins like this. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came unto the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, catch this, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Oh, got quiet. Is it lawful for a man to put put away his wife for every cause? Is it lawful? Watch what the reply is. This might surprise you. And he answered and said, catch this. Have you not read that which he made them at the beginning, made them male and female? And said, for this cause, y'all keep an eye on me back there with the sound. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning, made them male and female? Now watch what he says. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Do you see that? For this cause. Are y'all ready to hear this message? Man, this is a grown-up message. So you, you, man, listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you, uh, this is for people who want to be mature in the Lord. And I'm going to teach you something today that I pray uh, that you'll be able to lay hold of. Because in this last time, right, there's going to be a shaking. And I want you to endure the shaking, right? So that that which cannot be shaken may remain under the Lord. Y'all ready? We're going to get down. You ready to get down? We're going to get down. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to get down, baby. We're going to get down. We're going to get down. So let, let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this a beautiful day. We thank you for the service. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to come before you. That, Father, we come with an open heart, a pliable heart. Uh, Father, a heart that can be moved, that can be stirred. Father, we don't come conditioned in our own abilities. We come depending upon you. Holy Spirit, stir us, move us, help us. Help us to obtain to the things that we're going to hear. The Father, that we not just be hearers, but also doers of the word. And so we pray your strength, your help, your purpose as we move forward in this message today. And we pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, before you see it, go greet somebody in the Lord. And when you, when you find somebody, just greet them, give them a hug in the Lord. Say, I love you in Jesus' name. Go hug somebody and bless them in the name of the Lord. Amen. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Praise His name. It's good to see the family of faith moving about, saying hello, giving hugs. Amen. People of God, amen, giving each other a holy kiss. Watch out now, somebody. Watch out. <laughs> it's good to be in the house of the Lord with the people of God. I pray your heart's ready today because you're going to hear some things today that I believe are going to be paramount, going to be important, going to be important to you. Amen. Going to be important to you. Give everybody a moment, get seated, and get situated. Amen. We're going to get into some things. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to help build your faith. Y'all ready to get your faith build, built up in the Lord? I want to help you. I'm, I'm going to lay some foundations I think are going to, going to bless you, that are going to help you to comprehend the Lord a little bit deeper. I want you to know that you have a God in heaven who chooses to be revealed. I'm going to say that one more time. You have a Father in heaven who chooses to be revealed. Uh, let me help you with the first few verses of your Bible. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, And God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now watch this. And God said, Let there be light. And the Bible says, and there was light. The scriptures record that God said, and when God saw the light, he said it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and called the darkness night. And this is the evening and morning of the first day. The first day that God created was revelation. Not, 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 not the sun and the moon and the stars as we would suppose. But I want you to hear that God created revelation, light. You might hear it like this. Anybody know the story of St. John chapter 9 where the Bible says that the disciples passed by a man who was born blind. And they said to the Lord, Lord, why was this man born blind? Was it his sins or his father's sins? And Jesus said, neither. Was it his sins or his parents' sins? But that God would be made manifest. Somebody say manifest. The Bible says that Jesus, then looking at that young man, says that, that he has come. I have come that the works of God should be made manifest. Did you hear that? I have come that the works of God should be made manifest in him. While it is still day. For night cometh when no man can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I want you to hear this for yourself. Do you know that you are the light of the world? That no man lights a candle and puts it on a bushel but on a candlestick so that the whole room may benefit from the light. So let your light so shine before men that men might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want you to catch that. That there's a reason why light came, and that was to manifest God. It's such an anomaly to be around believers who can't see God. 
Such a strange thing to be around the church where the visage and image of God is marred in our congregation. Friend, let me tell you something. If there's anything we should plainly see is God himself. It's the first revelation of God. Do you know that all of creation is meant that we might see God? Did you know that all of creation is meant to the intent that you might see God? You don't think so? Read it in Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. For that which may be seen of God is plainly seen. God's manifested in him. For the invisible things of him from creation are plainly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God made all of creation so that you could go outside and say, there is a God. We go outside and we see the work of his hands and we know that creation speaks of a creator. It's the first revelation of God. The Bible says that if you can't get that, he'll turn you over to a reprobate mind. Where if you can't observe God outside, you can't see him anywhere. And it amazes me that we're in a church, a church culture, in a time where people keep saying to themselves, where is God? When above all, we should be able to see him plainly. How many know that that in the six days of creation, that God created everything, and then on the sixth day, he did something unique. He made us. (laughs) And more important, he made man. How many know God made Adam? Uh, He made Adam, right? He scooped up dust and breathed his ruach and made man. And man became a living soul. He was made for a purpose. He's mankind made in the image of God. How many know that Adam looked good? Adam was fine. Trust me, man. Listen, he was sculpted. He was was the first person made by the very hands of God. How many know that Adam was a genius? How many know that Adam named all the animals? That after God had made everything on earth, he says, I'm going to make him to take dominion over everything my hands have made. Everything on the earth, in the seas, in the sky. Adam's going to take dominion over everything. And he was made that way. He was made to take dominion. Powerful man. The Bible says that that the Bible says when God formed him, this is what happened. That God said to the triune God, the Father said to the Son and the Holy Spirit, let us go make man, watch this, in our image, watch this, after our likeness. I'm going to say that one more time. That the Father said to the Son and the Holy Spirit, let us go make man in our image, watch this, after our likeness. I'm going to say that one more time for somebody. That God said to the, the triune God, said to the Holy Spirit and the Son, let us go make man in our image, catch this, after our likeness and so God created man in his own image in the image of God created he men watch this male and female created he them somebody say male and female I want you to see that Adam however long it took I don't know how long it was that everything that God had made God said that is good 
till he got to man. And the Bible says that God came to a place when he observed that this man Adam came into a place of loneliness that God said, it is not good that men should be alone. I'm going to make a helpmate for him. I don't know how long that took. Might have been two days. Might have been two years. Might have been 200 years. But he got to a place where God said, if I'm going to produce my likeness, I've got to make a helpmate for him. He's got my image. He just doesn't have my likeness yet. Did you ever notice that in all the years, the hundreds of years, some say maybe as much as a thousand years that Adam was all by himself because he was taking dominion, that the enemy never showed up. That the enemy was there, but he never showed up. He didn't manifest himself until Eve showed up. Now, 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 now you got to hear this. You got, you got to watch what's happening. God said, I'm going to manifest my image and my likeness by male and female. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me hit you with that one more time. God said, I'm going to manifest my image and my likeness, not through Adam, but through Adam and Eve. Uh, let me give you an ancient wisdom. Ancient wisdom. Solomon says, two is better than one. For have a good reward for their labor. For if one falleth, he hath another to help up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falleth and hath no one to help him up. And again, how, how, how can two be warm alone? How can one be warm alone? For if there's two, you have heat. And then he says this: If one shall prevail against him, two shall withstand him. What? Ho ho. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Oh, hold on. A three cord. Stop for a minute and think what's happening here. That there's a threefold cord. Lucifer was aroused in the likeness of God. Because for the first time, not only did the image of God appear, but the likeness of God appeared. Where you had Adam, Eve, and God working as one. Let me do that one more time. You had Adam, Eve, and God coming together as one. And when that happened... Lucifer showed up because he realized that if those two working with God, he saw for the first time here on earth the very likeness of God, the ability of God, the triune God, Adam, even God, working as one. And immediately, Lucifer entered in to disrupt the unity that God was producing in likeness. <laughs> okay, I can tell you ain't got it yet. Let me give it to you the way Jesus said it. Jesus is tempted in St. Matthew 19 
because they want to trip up Jesus in his accusation of a man by the name of Moses. You understand that Moses, the Bible says, by the, for, for the law came by Moses, listen to this, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And they wanted to trip up Jesus to make accusation against Moses because it was Moses who gave a writ of divorcement. Moses was, the law was giving permission for people to divorce each other. We, we got that problem right now, don't we, in our culture? A lot of people, you know, divorcing each other. You know, there's a shakening going on in the earth right now. And there's a lot of Christian homes that don't even know why they're married. So Jesus says this, that they ask him, is it, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause? Right. And then Jesus says to them, have you not read? Right. Oh, here we go. Have you not read that from the beginning he made them male and female? Did you read that? Now think about what Jesus is saying. Have you not read that God made an institution called marriage. And he made a male and female to come together to produce the likeness of God for this cause. Have you not read that he made them male and female from the very beginning and for this cause? Somebody say, for this cause. Listen, if you don't get the cause right, you're going to be shooken up. God's going to shake your marriage if you don't get the cause right. The Spirit of the Lord sent me here today to tell some of our couples in this ministry, you need to know why you're married. For the cause. For this cause. A man shall leave his mother and father, shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Because what is God trying to do? Produces likeness. You know, there's a lot of people in this church, I don't want to look at you, look, look away, act like I'm, that got married for other causes. Uh, maybe your cause was you couldn't pay the bills. And you say, man, let's go ahead and get married because, you know, you make 1500 I make 1500 that's 3000 We, You know, we can live right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what your finances look like. But a lot of people start adding it up. Listen, you, you make this much, I make that much. We make a good little partner. You know, we, we will come together financially. Uh, th there's a lot of people that got married because they said to themselves, if I get married, then I'll be whole. Because you see, my, my husband, my wife, they complete me. Brother and sister, can I tell you something? If you're not complete in Christ, you'll be complete nowhere. Can I, can I give you that? Listen, you got to be complete in the Lord because your husband, your wife ain't always going to be complete. And if they're incomplete, you're going to be incomplete. Uh, friend, listen, there's so many reasons why people get married, right? Sometimes you get married because you have babies. I don't want to look around. You're going to look up. And I don't want nobody, listen, listen, I'm not mad at you. I, I don't know what your situation is. And there's a lot of people in here, maybe, maybe you're here and you've been divorced. 
Maybe you're here and, 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 and you, you know, you need to be married. Maybe you're here and you're married, but you're thinking about not being married. Because I got some of y'all in here like that. That you're here, but you got that little thing going off in your head. You're not sure if you want to stay married. And then I've got people that are married but aren't living successful marriages. Then I've got some that, that understand the cause for this cause. Do, do, do you know, listen, do you know that since they started taking any sort of data or statistics in culture here in America, do you know that there are more single adults ever in America since they started recording data? In the history of America, there are more single adults. Doesn't mean they're not in relationships. Just means that they're not choosing to be married. Did you hear that? I don't even got to talk to you about the divorce rate. Jesus says, for this cause... What is the cause, preacher? The cause is that God would be made manifest that the world may plainly see who God is. You are married because God wants to manifest himself in your house. Somebody say hallelujah. You, you are married because God wants to create an image of himself right there in your own home. Let, let me say that one more time because maybe you're not hyped about that, but I'm hyped about it. I want God to be in my house. I want the image of the Lord there. I want to see God in my living room, in my bedroom, wherever I'm in my kitchen. I want to see God there. You are married for this cause. God wants to manifest himself in your home. You say, well, how, preacher? How? Very simple. This is what Apostle Paul says. When two people get married, they become what they call a sacrament. You are married for a purpose, for a cause. Husband, you become the Christ. Tap yourself say, I've become the Christ in my marriage. That's why I tell the ladies, you know, listen, if, if your husband, you know, you better check him because if he's not the Christ, You're either going to be the Christ or you're going to be the... Okay, so we just keep moving with that, right? You get it? That the husband now becomes the image of Christ. Wife, you become the church. And so now the husband has the duty to love his wife the way Christ loved the church. So now the image of God is being produced. Now you know why you're married. You are married because God said, I'm going to give you a practical way to make sure that my image is made real in your home. I want your family to see me. And so husband, now you have to love her the way Christ loved the church. The way, he, the way he loved her, the way he sacrificed for her, the way he gave his life for her, the way he committed himself, the, the, the loyalty, and all the self-serving love that he gives to his wife is a way that we begin to picture God. Think about that. You know what? It should be men that when people ask, what is it like to be saved? We should say, you want to know what it's like to be saved? Look at my wife. You, you want to know how wonderful God is? Look at my wife. 
You want to see how good God is and the awesome of God? Take a look at my wife. She's the image of salvation. I've preserved her. I've washed her. I've kept her by the washing of water of the word. I've preserved her, a pure church, a whole church. And that's what we all should be saying. And friend, if you ain't saying that, you're not living the cause. I've said this often in this church. You could tell me how mature you are in the Lord. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from your wife. You're not, brother, brother, you're not a Christian until your wife says you're one. I want to hear what she has to say about your life. Oh, man, we can boast about ourselves, but let me just talk to your girl. She'll tell me everything I need to know about your Christian walk. Slap your neighbor and say your gig is up. Gig is up, doc. All them smiling faces, you don't fool me with that. Your wife tells the story. And when I see wives come in here, they look broken and dejected and they look worked over and they look like they've been through hell and high water. I know you're not walking like Jesus. Friend, the image, you have a cause in your marriage, young men. Fellas, listen, we've got a cause. What's the cause? Manifest God. Manifest the image of the Lord. Now, there might be other pleasures with that. Listen, I love being married. Listen, I'll tell everybody I love being married more than being single. I love my wife. I love being married. And when I got married, I wanted a family. All those things. Listen, I'm not saying those things don't have, don't have preface. I'm just saying that the primary cause of your relationship in your marriage for your family is to manifest the image of God. Jesus said it for this cause. God made a man and a woman to produce what? The image of God. And I want to see the image of God. Is it no wonder that the world doesn't want to be married? They don't see the image of God in it anymore. Is it no wonder that some of your kids don't want to get married? Because they failed to see the image of God in our homes. There is nothing more manifest of the presence of God than when a man is walking like Christ in his home. Wives, you know, you got a duty too. You have to submit yourself. Oh, that's a bad word. It got quiet on that one, huh? You didn't get no amen, no hallelujah, no glory to God. Nobody lifted their hand for that. Listen, listen, wives, you have to submit yourselves as unto the Lord. Because God is trying to produce a level of humility in your life that's reflective of the person Christ. We need that image. It's for this cause. I'm here talking about families. And do you know that in this last day, if we don't get ourselves right with God and get our marriages grounded in God and in the Word of God, they're going to be shook up. And friend, if they're not already being shaken up, they will be shaken. And if you don't understand that what you're doing for God in your marriages, for your love for God, you won't make it through. There's too many temptations, too many things, too many things going on. So many things going on around you that your marriage will suffer if you don't get the cause right. If you don't get the cause right. Jesus, it's for this cause. It's for this cause. Isn't it amazing to see that it was the law that said yes to divorce, but it's grace that says no? Listen, don't you dare think about divorcing your wife. Amen. Come on now. 
Jesus never divorced himself from the church. And the church has never divorced itself from Christ. Listen, don't you dare think of divorcing yourself. Don't you look at your neighbor and say, don't you dare think it. I tell people all the time when we do premarital, don't you use the D word in your marriage. They say, well, D word, you mean damn? I said, no, I mean divorce. Don't you ever think of divorce. I'm talking about the image of God. I'm going somewhere, hold tight. You got your Bible? Go to Malachi. This is what time it is. I got to leave some altar time because some of y'all got to come to the altar today. We're going to need like a whole hour at the altar. Because some of you need to get your, your cause right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. L- l- listen, what, what, what more beautiful thing could I say to you than to produce the image of God? And you know why God wants his image produced? I'm going to tell you why God wants his image produced. He wants his image in your house because he's after your children. I'm going to say that again, right? You know why God wants his image in your house? Because he's after your children. He's after your babies. You know, we're in a generation now where kids don't know what to respect. They don't know where to give honor. They don't understand the purpose of it. They're not comprehending it. You know why your kids don't comprehend it? Because they haven't seen God yet. Man, listen, when you see God, everything clears up. When you get an image of God, your life changes. Man, listen, when you see God, everything else makes sense. And when your children begin to see you reflecting the image of God in your house, in your home, at your dinner table, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, they're going to say, I want God and I want more of God. Teach me more about him. I want to see the Lord the way you see God. Friend, God's after your babies. He's after your babies. Why shouldn't he be after your babies? Why shouldn't he be after your babies? He said that from Jump Street. The, the fruit of your womb is my reward. How, how do you suppose that God's going to take dominion in these last days? You know how he's going to do it? He's going to do it through our families. How do you think God's going to subdue the earth? He's going to do it through us, through our homes. Friend, I'm here to tell you, listen, if your homes are off base, we're going to be off base. Listen, our church is only as strong as its families. Yeah, man, man, listen, just li- listen. Listen, I, I can preach it, I'm blue in the face, and I may give you the oracles of God, but if our families are broken, we're a broken church. Friend, what's your marriage like? Where is it? How's your wife doing? You taking care of her, fellas? You living like Jesus for her? Man, she ought to be glad to come to church. There ought to be a smile on her face. You ought to be telling people, you want to know what it's like to meet Jesus? Meet my wife, man. She knows what it is to walk in the salvation of her God. You know why? Because we're acting like Jesus in our homes. How beautiful it is. How beautiful it is when your kids see the image of Christ. When young men begin to see their fathers acting like the Lord. Listen, you know what Jesus says? Why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? 
But why, why do we parade around the issue? The issue is this. Our homes have to have the image of God all around it because our kids are seeing it and they're observing it and they need to see it in you so that they too might champion marriage. Uh, you in Malachi chapter 2? Let me read something to you. I, 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 I got to give you time to come to the altar because, man, man, we all got to come down and repent. You've been married for everything under the sun except the cause. People get married for sex and all sorts of other stuff. Come on, church. Be truthful with yourself. There's, there, there's so many things that the enemy is trying to apprehend you with. You need to know why you're married. And, and if you got married under any other pretense, you heard it right today. It's for this cause. That God said, I'll produce myself there. This is my covenant to you. How many know you got a God of covenant? Let me show you how powerful. How many know you got a God of covenant? Let me help you with something. God of covenant. Check this out. How many know that when it rains, you get a rainbow? How many be thankful for that? Trust me, once the flood ended, they were glad for that rainbow. I mean, it was many, many years since then, but... We're thankful that God still keeps a covenant, right? How many know when God puts a rainbow, we can be sure that God isn't going to flood the earth? Amen to that. How many know there's something called a Mosaic covenant, right? It's through the law. You might remember that covenant. God said, listen, I'm going to take care of you. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. I'll bless you. But you better be perfect. Do you know that the nation of Israel entered into that covenant? Think about it for a minute. The nation of Israel heard God say, listen, I'll bless you, I'll protect you, I'll provide for you, but you better be perfect. And they said, we will, we'll be perfect. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a dumb thing to do. Because you know good and well you ain't perfect. I like the Abrahamic covenant. How many know there's an Abrahamic covenant? Right? There's only three covenants working. I'm going to tell you what they are. It, it, there's other ones. I can go through the Edenic covenant, the Edemic covenant. I can go through all the covenants you want me to, but there's only three that you need to know. There's a Mosaic covenant, and there's people today, right now, living under that covenant. Right. Then you've got the Abrahamic covenant. Check this one out. This is a covenant where God said, I'm going to bless you. Uh-huh. I'll provide for you, take care of you. Everything your hands touch, I'll bless everything. You know, you know, you know. Abraham's covenant. And he says, you won't have to keep it, I'll keep it. It's an unconditional covenant. God said, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep this covenant. Y'all get that? Y'all get that? God said, I'll keep the covenant. I'm going to do it. I'm God. I'll keep it. I'll bless you. I'll make things go right for you. Right? I, I'm, I'm going to take care of every provision, every need, every necessity. I got it. I'm going to make sure your hands bless, your feet will go. You take dominion over there. I'll keep that covenant for you. I'll do it myself. Right? You say amen. amen. How many know there's another covenant that you made with God? Right. Uh, you, you might have forgot the covenant. Let me, let me recite it for you. You made a covenant, but it's a covenant you made with God. Went a little something like this. Let me see if I remember it. Let me think about it. I take you to be my wedded wife. 
to have and to hold yes, from this day forward, yes, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part. Something, something like that. You made a covenant with God. That sound familiar to anybody? See me guys are acting like, what, 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 when did I say that? No, you said it. I was there. I heard you say it. You said something like that. Some, something along those lines. And do you know that when God was about to do something to Israel, when, when the wrath of God was kindled, two things happened. They blasphemed the altar. And they dealt treacherously with their wives. And it provoked the anger of God. And you know what God, when he stopped speaking, the book of Malachi, 400 years would pass until the word of God would show up. And you know what God said at the end of that? I have come to send the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children's hearts back to the father, lest I come and smite the earth with the curse. You want to provoke God's anger? Keep living the way you live in. Uh, you, you, you want to drop the hedge of God's blessing in your life? Quick, tr start treating your wife treacherously. Keep, keep up what you're doing and watch God deal with you. Friend, I'm going to tell you, God takes your marriage serious. And you know why? Because it's his image. It's his image that God is protecting. How I many of you know some of y'all get all bent out of shape when you hear some rumor, some innuendo about your image? Anybody here ever suffer some word or something about your reputation? And you came all unglued, all untethered, and you were all upset because somebody was whispering around your back, and you got all mad, and you started calling people up, cussing people out, getting all upset about it. But we don't mind if we give God a black eye. We don't mind if we destroy the very image of God that he's producing in your home so that your children will know God, will know him. Friend, I'm here to tell you those days are over. And friend, I'm here to tell you it's time that you, you know, you, we got to get ourselves grounded back in the cause. Friend, what your life needs is the cause. Are you in Malachi? Go with me to chapter 2. I'm almost done, brothers and sisters. Trust me. Because you, you got to come to the altar, man. And you're not going to come by yourself. You're going to bring your girl with you. Amen. This isn't you come and you, you weep and cry. you got to bring your baby with you. And you got to say, baby, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to begin to do the cause that God gave me. And I want to be like Jesus. Today I'm going to start living the cause. Because we need to produce the image of God. I heard some people the other day talking about, you know, icons, spiritual icons. And, and you know, sometimes we have, anybody have a picture of Jesus at your house? No, nobody has a picture of Jesus, like an image of Jesus? Yeah, hopefully, you know. I mean, come on, somebody. A cross or something. Come on, somebody. Jesus. Man, some scriptures or something. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Man, come on. Are you paralyzed this morning? I, I'm asking you a question. An icon, you know, some, uh, something that draws up a, a, an image, you know, a, a, you know, 
And how many know that that's good to have? How many know it's good in your house to have scriptures on the walls? Right? Come on, you could take down your, your poster of Prince and put something up, you know. Come on. I don't know who you got up. Cowboy, Dallas Cowboy, banners and up. Take that down. If you got more cowboy stuff up than you do Jesus, something's wrong. Come on, somebody. I don't know what your favorite team is, the Texas Rangers. I don't know what's going on. How many know that in our house we should have, when you walk around, there should be images of uh, scriptures and images of God and things that provoke our our faith towards God? How many can say amen to that? Right? Go ahead. You know, buy something. Somebody say buy something. Decorate your house with the scriptures. Come on. Right? People were talking about icons, you know, spiritual icons. There's some people that believe icons have power. They were, I, I, was, I was in a group that they were talking about, well, I got a spiritual icon, and it was a picture of, of Mary, Mary Magdalene. And, and they were telling Mary, help me, Mary. I can see you. You know, I said, oh, God, help us. Yeah, it's idolatry, right? How, how many know better than having an icon is the actual person? Is the actual image? God said, I'll flood your house with my presence. I'll be there. I'll make sure that it goes well there. My blessing will dwell there. My health will be there. My provision will be there. I'm going to be there with you. And your kids are going to see me too. Listen, friend, if that doesn't provoke you back to God, I don't know what will. I want God's image. I want it. So are you there, Malachi 2? I'll read it, verse 13. You can see that what I'm telling you, I'm... I'm not imbibing upon the word. I want you to read it for yourself. Malachi chapter 2 verse 13. It says this. And this have ye done again. Watch this. Covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or receiveth it with goodwill at your hand. Because they had blasphemed the altar. So you could cry all you want. I ain't helping. I ain't even hearing that mess. Now watch this. Yet ye say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant? And did not he make one? And did not he make one? And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the spirit, and wherefore one? Why did he make it one? Are you there in your Bible? This is what he says. That he might seek a godly seed. What's he want? He wants your kids. He wants your children to see him. Parents, do your children see God in your marriage? The image of the covenant. Let me help you with the covenant. Do you know that when Christ came, Christ fulfilled the law? Fulfilled it. This is what happened. 
Jesus comes. God's covenant is still the same. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. See that go well. I'm going to bless you. All those things. But when Jesus looked at you, he says, you got to be perfect. God said this, I know you can't be perfect. So he enters his son. Son, will you come and in pastor's stead be perfect? And will you die for him that the covenant may be in full effect? Jesus said, yes, I will. And so today I'm here because of the covenant of God. You know why it goes right for me? Because one is standing for me, even at the right hand of God. His name is Jesus. Uh, you, you know why my hands are blessed and my feet are blessed? Because there's one who's keeping covenant with God for me. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. There's one that's standing in my stead. There's one who, my, who is my righteousness. Husbands, it's time that you take your stand for the covenant of God to be made real in your home. God is saying, I'm going to shake this place. And I'm shaking marriages too. And if your marriage isn't on the cause or for the cause, it won't survive. And friends, you know who's going to suffer most? It's our little babies. It's our children. Look, stand with me. Stand with me. Let's, let's do this. If you're married, and I know you're scared now. You say, man, Pastor, you just scared my life. You scared, you scared, you scared me, Pastor. I don't know why you preached that way. Why did you say that, what you said? Listen, I'm saying it today because, listen, we know that there's a shakening happening in the world. I'm here to help you get your life right. Some of you are here now. I was telling my wife, some of you got brought here because God's going to help me to help you. It's time we get your life right before God. It's time. It's time. It's time. And it's time we understand that we got a role to play here for God. And if you say you love Jesus, if you say Jesus is Lord and Master, then listen, it's time to do what he says. Husbands, you have to love your wives the way Christ loved the church, the way he gave himself for it. You say, preacher, how am I going to do that? You're going to do it because you love Jesus. Because if you love Jesus, that ain't no problem to love her the way Jesus loves you. You're just going to love her the same way. Catch that? I don't know where your starting point is. Maybe today your starting point is ground zero. Start there. Maybe you've been married for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't know how long you've been married. Begin if you haven't already begun. This is the cause. This is the cause. Some of you that have little kids, right? You've got children, maybe, maybe children, teenage children. It's time to start. You may need to ask your children for repentance. You may need to ask them, forgive me. Because I didn't produce the image for you. Maybe their inactivity with God is because they don't have an image of God. A working image. So husbands today, listen. This is what we're doing. We're going to come to the altar. right? We're going to come to the altar. Everybody. The, the, the guys that are, that are on the stream or whoever. Sound people, whoever. We're going to come to the altar. All of us. And we're going to affirm the cause. Husbands, you have to love your wives. You got to love them. You got to love the way Christ loved the church. You got to give yourself away. This is part of the death that you pay. The same way that Jesus paid that death, that we might walk in perfection with God, husbands, we're going to do the same. It's symbolic, right? I know you're not perfect, so wives, don't be, don't be nodding your head like, you better be, you know, chill for a minute. Take a chill pill because he's still, he's still man working himself through, right? 
but we're going to walk in the Spirit. Come on, guys, we're going to walk in the Spirit. If you're here and you're thinking about getting married, man, you need to be the first one down here because you got to start with that premise. This is the cause. This is the cause. Wives, you've got to submit yourselves to your husbands. You've got to submit yourself to your husbands because we've got to produce the picture of humility. Right? You say, man, look at the kids today. They're so narcissistic. I wonder where they got it from. You know, we could complain, Celestine, about the culture, right? But where are the kids learning it from? They're getting it from home. The self-centeredness, you know where it comes from? It comes from the home. They haven't seen what it is to relinquish, to, to, be, to, to, to be submissive. You wonder why they're talking back to the teacher. They don't respect authority. Why? They haven't learned how to humble themselves. Listen, where do they learn that from? Learn it at home. 